Hello listeners and welcome back to Behind the Switch. This episode marks the end of our Resilient Puerto Rico series. It's been so eye-opening talking about people working towards clean energy and community resilience throughout Puerto Rico. Today, we hear from Amalia and Agustin about obstacles they faced and the importance of educating people about renewable energy. So moving on to our next question, what obstacles have you faced in the process of planning the implementation of microgrids in Culebra? And have they mostly been legal or has it been community issues? What can you test about that? Yeah, we found ourselves in very particular circumstances because when we solidified our partnership with residents in Culebra, it was at the start of the pandemic. And EDF really wanted to make this an inclusive participatory process. So it was a difficult strategy to uphold at a distance. We tried to support the community as much as we could during the lockdown and with the implications that that had for a community in Culebra, which is geographically isolated and with the economic shutdown really faced some other challenges. So the main challenge that we found was in order to develop something that was really alongside the community, how to do that when we couldn't really be there in person. We did a lot of interviews by phone with residents, kind of using a snowball method where residents recommended and put us in touch with other residents. So we heard more about their energy needs and energy priorities and what they envisioned for the island and what could really work for them. In their case, after especially after we were able to finally have our local engineer visit, I don't think it'll necessarily be a microgrid in Culebra. We were a little flexible in terms of what kind of solution we wanted to offer, depending on the particular circumstances of the community and of that region. And it'll be a little difficult just because the houses that we'll be able to impact are probably going to be distanced from one another and spread out across the island. So microgrids work better in some other communities where households are closer, where the infrastructure allows for it, where maybe it's a couple of streets that are easier to connect. In Culebra, it'll probably be a different setup. So far, that has been, distance really has been our main challenge, aside from other historical circumstances that also impact Culebra. But in terms of legal Legal issues, there are also some that I think we'll encounter as we continue to develop the project. Agustin can maybe speak a little bit more about legal obstacles for microgrids or for, for solar deployment in general. Yeah, the main issue that we identify is the lack, was the lack of interconnected rules for microgrids. I think the pandemic delay, you know, the possibility for them to make a proposal for those rules, they finally just publish what they call a draft proposal. So it's not yet a proposal pursuant to the Administrative Procedures Act. However, they're asking for stakeholders for pre-comments on what eventually will become a proposal rulemaking where they will try to integrate the interconnecting rules for DRs and also microgrids. So it's a combined regulation. I'm, I'm looking forward for that because I know a lot of people have, you know, concerns with that lack of you know, regulatory rules. Well, thank you both for your insight into microgrids and what it means for Puerto Rico. I guess our last question is if you had any final thoughts about microgrids and how people could advocate for them in Puerto Rico. Well, I have to say that at least we participated in the integrated resource plan adjudicative process at the Energy Bureau. That's going to be the policy for the next 20 years in the island in terms of infrastructure and we advocated for microgrids and what they proposed and they actually recommended is dividing the island in at least eight, eight mini grids, which is a, a little bit bigger systems, but I think we, it's, it's the whole concept of this decentralization 
of energy resources. And that's something that definitely needs to continue evolving. These IRPs are revised every three years. So we need to make sure that we advocate for those decentralized solutions. And that has been pretty much the advocacy that we've been working on in, in the island. And we want to make sure that they move forward and not rely on fossil fuel generation, which has been a problem in Puerto Rico. And we're hopeful. I think that at least the industry is, is you know, working on their way to just start implementing, you know, microgrids for their facilities and help other communities nearby. I've also talked to some mayors that are, you know, working together with other municipalities nearby to sort of use, you know, hydroelectrics, for example, and, and try to have a system that would be beneficial for both uh, the commercial side and the residential side of within the communities. Especially for community-based projects, I think one of the important things is to really size the development and the system to the community's priorities and needs, especially if funding is limited to really let those priorities and those needs guide the kind of microgrid or the kind of renewable energy that is installed and the sizing of it, especially because I think that will, in terms of advocacy, that will also promote more education, renewable energy and bring more people on board and make more people curious about what processes are going on in terms of renewable energy and energy access. And slowly but surely maybe create more of a movement to promote incentivizing these systems for, for people who have traditionally not had access to them. Because in order to achieve really the 100% renewable by 2050 that Puerto Rico has set as its goal, I think it will be important for more and more diverse communities to have access and to really join these kinds of systems. So I think there's a lot of interest and there's a lot of movement in that direction, but public participation is still key and involving people and educating people in energy efficiency and in the benefits of renewable energy and how to access it will be paramount to really making it happen. Well, thank you so much, Amalia and Agustin, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure getting to talk to you about the work that's being done around the island and the work that you're doing to make the fight for clean energy. And we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank you. It's so amazing as a Puerto Rican to get to speak with other people working to build community resilience and pave the road towards our clean energy goals through the implementation of microgrids. I agree. And both Augustine and Amalia really showed how many benefits there are to microgrids, such as for energy reliability, public health, and community resilience. This was a great wrap up to our Resilient Puerto Rico series, and I'm looking forward to seeing how their work progresses. Thank you all so much for listening, and please reach out to Clamble with any questions, comments, or ideas. Until our next series, make sure to keep up with Clamble on social media and at clamble.org.